You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironwood. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now as we carry you in to the NFL offseason. We'll see how uh, things play out here with some of the trade drama, maybe involving Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones. But catching up there, we go to the quiet part of the NFL offseason. That's June, and uh, really we'll see... Some things develop here, but otherwise, uh, teams take their break here before training camp starts here soon once a mini camp is done. So, not a lot here to look at yet, but uh, we're going to transition here a few or number of shows here for you throughout June, but we'll still bring you the information and details you need for advanced scouting and fantasy football. That's what we do with the off-season editions of Locked On Fantasy Football. So it's another week here, but we still have to finish up a series we've been doing. We've been looking at the top 200 consensus half-point PPR expert rankings, according to Fantasy Pros. This is a collection of the industry, what they're thinking on every player and where they're ranked across uh, positions here. We looked uh, specifically at quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends where they stood right after the draft. We're doing catch-up here. So things are changing a little bit with these rankings. Not too much new information, however. So today we'll get through 151 through 175, and then we'll close with 176 through 200. So our series will end with our eighth episode on the top 200. Uh, Tomorrow, then we'll turn our attention a little bit uh, towards uh, mock drafting and putting this all together. So Started with the positions, started with the overall, and now we're going to transition into a June mock draft, which will be a lot of fun. So we'll break that down and uh, we'll give you the first round there on our uh, third show of the week here. So yeah, we're down to three shows uh, for June and we might have a few bonus episodes here and there to check out, but yeah, we'll still bring you the inside and information you need, pack it in here for fantasy football ahead of the 2021 season. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. All right, let us dive in here. Number 151 in the rankings. We ended at wide receiver 59, so we're getting close to the end of the wide receiver fives. The last wide receiver five is at 151. He's Henry Ruggs III of the Raiders, so 151 he comes in. Where it stands now, we're in that RB5 category as well, so wide receivers are at 5, RBs are at 5 in this range. QBs are well into the QB2s, as well as tight ends, well into tight ends too. And we still have not talked about a defense, we'll finally talk about one here. But Ruggs, interesting, Darren Waller, clearly the go-to guy for Derek Carr and Las Vegas. You have Brian Edwards maybe having a bigger role, but Nelson Aguilar's gone. He's now with the Patriots. You have a John Brown in there who could cut into a little bit. John Brown was ranked, by the way, 147. So 147 for Brown, the new Raider, and Ruggs 151. So we're not expecting a lot from these Raiders wide receivers, partly because he's so locked into Waller. This is a run-heavy team here with Carr 
And now Jacob's uh, joined by Kenny and Drake here. So it's really tough, but I would say I feel a lot better taking Ruggs. I mean, he's a first-round pick. He's got a lot of speed. Brown is slowing down a little bit. Had some good years with the Bills, but really Ruggs is the guy I'm looking at. So you're looking at a wide receiver five, not a bad stash, given he has first-round upside here at that spot. 152 is QB19 on the board. He's Daniel Jones, and this is a player that uh, really could be boomer bust, and he needs to boom here, or he's going to be busting out as the Giants uh, quarterback in the bad way, not the good way. Here, I mean, he's got a lot of weapons. Kenny Galladay adds to the mix. You have Kyle Rudolph as well, so a couple more red zone options here. Bigger bodies with catch radius, playing off Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Saquon Barkley. So many weapons there, and he's got his running ability. We know that. Even though he stumbles sometimes, he has athleticism to add some value there as well. So it could be a big year for Jones. It could be a medium year. It could be just a total, we got to move on from Daniel Jones type of year for the Giants quarterback. So it's going to be tough, but again, he's got some upside for sure. I mean, the running profile is there. It's not like he's a pure running quarterback, but he does pad his numbers a little bit that way. And again, Daniel Jones, again, one of those uh, popular names that are going to pop up on all these uh, sleeper lists here as we get closer to the season. And QB19 right now is steady value for Daniel Jones. His teammate is the first uh, wide receiver six on the board, Sterling Shepard. Uh, yeah, this one is tough because Kenny Galladay's in the mix. This really hurts Sterling Shepard's value here because Galladay's clearly the number one. You still have Slayton hanging around. We know Jones is a good chemistry with him. So Sterling Shepard, we don't know what his role is. Are they going to put him in the slot a little bit more without Golden Tate? Something we're going to watch for there. But Galladay was way up there in the rankings in relation. So that's not really good news for the usage here of uh, Sterling Shepard. I mean, he's going to be a good possession receiver, but they they know they needed a little bit more of a guy that profiled as the number one. So they went that direction. Galladay, 100 spots plus higher at 51. So Again, uh, that's a big separation there between the top two receivers on a team. Again, you worry about Slayton and Jones to throw deep to him. The tight ends also can cut into Shepard. So a lot of question marks here. Is this the end of the line for Sterling Shepard, who they decided to uh, give that nicer contract to when they uh, moved on from Odell Beckham Jr.? Tevin Coleman is interesting at 154. He's your RB54 on the board. So getting deep into those and... uh, yeah, I think clearly uh, we know the other running back in the mix that uh, joined them, Michael Carter, certainly has a lot more appeal. He went at 88, so almost uh, 70 spots higher. No one's buying Tevin Coleman having a key role, but again, he does have some history with Robert Sala and Michael Floor, the coaching staff there from San Francisco. So looking at him as a veteran, he's a big runner. He's had some success, again, in different spots here, but Coleman, that makes him a really good value. At some point, he's going to value out, and when you have the young rookie there that is a power back there's going to be a bit of a committee approach with the Jets I think the Jets running game is going to be a lot better than people think especially with uh, Mekhi Becton in there Elijah, Elijah Vera Tucker the rookie that left side is going to be a very good blocking side here to help Zach Wilson so we're going to watch that Carter obviously has the upside everyone's on that pretty hard but Coleman at some point he becomes a value and uh, I think 154 overall is a RB5 is not a bad stash here I wouldn't say I want to have Carter and Coleman on my list here but certainly you can look at that as an option don't totally forget about the Jets backfield having value Jared Cook not too interested in sometimes he's that gun for hire where you've seen it in Green Bay or Oakland at the time before they moved to Las Vegas and New Orleans 
Jared Cook has had his moments, but with the Chargers, we saw a lot of throwing downfield. Hunter Henry was a limited tight end one last year at times, so Cook is getting older. they got some mounds of feed here. There are some vacated targets by Henry, but uh, we'll see if they move on Julio Jones or something like that. That's going to change Cook's value dramatically, but not interested in aging tight end here that uh, is fading really fast. And we have a defense at 156. It is your Pittsburgh Steelers as your defense special teams won. So for me personally, I'm not uh, drafting a quarterback that high where you're operating in the 13th, 14th round. That's even too high for me. I'm going to wait as long as possible on defense special teams, but you know that defense is going to go much higher. So, And they stand alone a little bit. You don't see another defense until a few more picks here. Uh, it's, it's The run kind of starts here, but people tend to start a lot earlier. If we could all just get people on the same page to say this is a round 12 or later proposition, not round 8 through 10 with the defense, we feel a little bit better about that drafting. So the Steelers, I don't think, are above and beyond the next couple teams who are the Rams and Ravens, but that's where they stand here at 156 if you want to go that way in a draft. 157 is interesting to me. He's tight end 22 on the board, so almost rounding out the tight end twos here in terms of uh, 12-team leagues where you start one in half-point PPR. is uh, Yeah, Zach Ertz of the Eagles, he's holding steady still with the Eagles. We thought he might be traded during the draft, but he's still there with Dallas Goddard. So we'll watch that situation uh, develop here. But yeah, Zach Ertz certainly fading Goddard. They've got Jalen Rieger, last year's first-round pick and wide receiver, Devonta Smith in there. So Ertz, everything points to Ertz fading pretty hard, and this makes a lot of sense to have him borderline tight end three on the board. Christian Kirk is wide receiver 62. He's at 158, according to Fantasy Pros. This is the expert consensus rankings. I'm not that interested in Christian Kirk. You add AJ Green in the mix. You got Andy Isabella. You've got a lot of speed. You added Rondell Moore. You've got uh, Chase Edmonds out of the backfield to catch passes here as well. James Conner, not a bad receiver. You know, Christian Kirk just flashed a little bit, had those few big games, and notably against the Cowboys, and he had the Monday night game where he had a couple touchdowns, but really not a consistent force, and a lot of receivers like him in that Cardinals offense, so he's a guy uh, not feeling it at wide receiver. Uh, six here that really want to stash with a very limited upside there. I'd rather go with a higher upside player like the next guy on the list, and the last we'll talk about in the segment, he is Rashad Bateman, the rookie first-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens, wide receiver 63. Now, He's way down there after Marquise Hollywood Brown. So you look at uh, where Hollywood Brown was ranked, and uh, it's way up there. So you look at uh, 115. So you're looking at wide receiver 43. So not that much difference in terms of where, in terms of the style of a wide receiver and sort of depth player, but it's still significant. So you're looking at almost uh, three and a half rounds earlier for Marquise Brown, where Rashad Bateman is a good complete receiver, but the question is, do they have enough volume of Lamar Jackson to make him? B- Bateman, their Watkins, Mark Andrews, all these guys happy, but Bateman certainly is a big body possession guy, could really rack up the touchdowns here for them. You might see fewer two tight end sets with Nick Boyle in there for the Ravens, so we'll watch him, but Bateman certainly has a lot more upside than, than Kirk. So that's the last guy we'll talk about. We'll uh, bookend uh, the next segment with uh, a look at a few quarterbacks there for you uh, here on uh, Locked on Fantasy Football. But Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. Now they want to help even more. The Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. 
Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you see your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free at Credit Karma. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ADMs. Credit Karma Money, progress starts right here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking service provided by MB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. We'll be right back here to uh, start breaking the next wave of players in the top 200 expert half-point PPR consensus rankings with a slew of uh, quarterback twos. All right, to let us uh, continue the show here, and uh, we're breaking down the 151 to 175 rankings there in the top 200. Now we're going to get some quarterbacks with some interest here that we look at. Uh, number 160 is Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback 20 on the board. So being very conservative with his reach here, but keep in mind he was off the radar as a QB2 last year. So this is a significant bump here for Tua. And the big thing with Tua is uh, the weapons here. Will Fuller, will he stay healthy, out of trouble, off the field, so he can be available for Tua Tagovailoa? Is uh, Jalen Waddle ready to come contribute? Is Devontae Parker going to stay healthy? Is Mike Gusecki going to be there at tight end and be reliable? So a lot of weapons there for Tua. Miles Gaskin out of the backfield. Plenty of pop here in this offense. They're going to the co-offensive coordinator system, moving away from Chan Gailey, who replaced Chad O'Shea. So we'll see about Tua Tagvola here, but yeah, not a bad stash. He's got the upside. He certainly, we've seen his uh, play at Alabama before that he could race that level with uh, now two added special weapons here. And don't forget about Preston Williams. He's still hanging around if he can be a factor, but Fuller right now was the ranked guy, but we'll see how it goes with Waddle and Parker, but certainly that could help Tua have some value, especially if he can add some running to that as well. 161 is another defense. It's the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I think they're going to lose some stuff with Brandon Staley not being there. I know they still have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but their coordinator meant a lot. I think he's going to have a great influence on the Chargers, that making them a sleeper defense. But the Rams are uh, not buying them too much here to invest too highly. And, again, you invest too highly in a defense, you get burned. But, again, this is a more appropriate uh, level that you want to look at here from around 13, 14, 15. If you draft these guys earlier, it's uh, – questionable with defense so keep that in mind and that, that goes with the Steelers and Rams I don't know if these are going to stand out and usually the way it works is the defenses that finished really well the previous year don't uh, seem to repeat and uh, do the same damage the next year the next uh, guy is individual is 162 speaking of the Steelers defense this is a Steelers tight end not interested at all in Eric Ebron at tight end 23 I mean I guess he's a placeholder here but Vance McDonald is gone, but we know there's a lot of buzz about Pat Freermuth, the rookie. So Ebron just simply is not an inline player. So Ebron is not going to be on the field as much as Freermuth. So again, it's uh, 
to me, not looking as uh, good here for Ebron to have a big role, very occasional, especially their loaded receiver. So I think he's just a guy that they put at 162 that I don't want really any part of in fantasy here in 2021 because he doesn't really have any upside. The next guy does, 163, Denzel Mims. Now you have Corey Davis. He's a little bit banged up here early in his uh, Jets offseason work here. But Jameson Crowder, we'll have to see if they phase him out a little bit. That will help. If they move on from him, they did add Keelan Cole and Elijah Moore in the slot. So will that help Crowder go? You have a rookie quarterback as well. Mims is the big field stretcher here. That should play off Corey Davis well. He has a lot of talent. Could be an A.J. Brown type. We'll see. But I'd rather, again, stash a guy with upside of Denzel Mims here. Wide receiver 64. That puts him at a wide receiver 6 versus uh, someone a little higher than that. That uh, is kind of watched a veteran. So that's what you have to weigh. Veterans, do they have any value, or does this rookie could be a lottery ticket or second-year player and to really come through? The Baltimore Ravens are at 164 as a defense. I'm not buying this. I mean, their defense lost a lot here. They're still trying to figure out the back end and make enough plays. Their pass rush got gutted in free agency, so I don't see it. So, again, these defensive rankings are just questionable to me. We know they change and they're fluctuating from year to year. Personnel changes, scheme changes, things change very quickly for all these teams and uh, the Ravens again not buying them as much where you feel like Matthew Judon going to the Patriots they might have a little bit more value there so a little bit of a reputation based ranking that tends to happen a little bit once you're established for many years like the Ravens have been with as an elite fantasy defense you'll get them in that situation the next guy that is uh, on our list that we'll talk about is Marlon Mack of the Colts, and this is basically a handcuff early down play for Jonathan Taylor. There's really no other reason to get Marlon Mack. He doesn't catch passes. We know we have uh, Naeem Hines to do that in Indianapolis. We'll see if Jordan Wilkins leaves. That helps Mack's value as a potential replacement to fill in there. But Hines is always going to have that receiving role to complement or uh, replace Taylor if something should happen to Taylor. So Marlon Mack, again, he's still hanging around Indianapolis. We hope he doesn't cut too much into Taylor's work, but he's a good guy to have. We know he's been productive to have behind Taylor. The next guy that I'll talk about here is uh, the last guy in this segment. Uh, He's notable because he played with the first guy we talked about, Tua Tagovola. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he goes to Washington. He's QB 21 on the board here. So looking at uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, sneaks in as a QB 2. He does have some pretty good weapons in Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, now Adam Humphreys. So some familiar uh, targets, uh, short to intermediate, Logan Thomas. So the weapons are there, and you will see him settle in with somebody. I expect it to be Terry McLaurin being the go-to guy. But certainly there's some upside with this Washington team. Just as usual, Ryan Fitzpatrick, streaky in the offense. That's what we can expect from him here. Like you've seen in every single stop, which is uh, he's going to eventually get to every NFL team, I feel like, at this point. So... Again, usable, not exciting, but a guy that uh, can give you some solid streaming or backup production if you need it. And that makes a lot of sense as a lower-end QB here at 21. All right, we still have a few more uh, guys to uh, talk about in our final segment. We'll get through nine more players here and uh, break it down for you. As we look at the top 200, we're up to 151 to 175. We'll close with 176 to 200 tomorrow. I do have to tell you another about our fine sponsor, Built Bar, best tasting protein bar ever. 
every built bar is amazing. I love getting built bars. I've tried many other protein bars for my day, for my workout, just to get me through energy wise. And I tell you, a uh, built bar, nothing beats a built bar. It's amazing here. And a built bar has nine delicious core flavors there. My favorites, again, I love the chocolate to taste here. Like chocolate and more chocolate. And all the bars you get from Bilt Bar are going to be covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. Peanut butter brownie, mint brownie. Those are my two favorites, I would say. But I also love double chocolate, salted caramel. And then you get it wrapped around chocolate. It's fantastic. And you can really try to pick your own favorite flavor. Because you can get a mixed box where you get two of their each nine core flavors. Most of the flavors you'll get at Bilt Bar have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams of net carbs. Some have a little bit more than that, but still going to keep you healthy. No more than 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs. And you also have to look out for their special bars there. They've got their puffs and crunches and special flavors that are there uh, from time to time. So you got to check out Built Bar. But you get a core box, you get a mix box, you're going to keep coming back to Built Bar and not want to go to any other protein bar. That's how delicious it is. Built Bar, it's the protein bar that's delicious, tastes like a dessert, and is great for you as well. Packed with protein, but not a lot of sugar and carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We'll be right back here to close the show, looking at our last few players, uh, counting down to 175 in the half-point consensus expert PPR rankings for 2021. All right, uh, let's uh, continue the show here. 167 on the board is Gerald Everett, now with the Seahawks. So he comes in as the last tight end to 12-team leaguer, tight end 24 on the board. Not buying this too much. We've tried to work the Seahawks tight ends into fantasy football relevancy. We've had flashes there of Will Disley, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Greg Olson came in the mix, going back in the day with John Carlson and these other guys have just flashed in. We've had some hopes for these tight ends, but they've always been a little bit disappointing in some way or the other, either injury-related or usage-related. Gerald Everett, I can't see it changing too much. He's a pretty good all-around blocker. He's got some uh, good skills here to help uh, the Seahawks, but again, he's more of a replacement straight up for Olsen. I don't know how you feel about that. I think getting away from Tyler Higby gives him a chance. He's a good, skilled receiver. We know that when he gets the opportunity, but the question is, are, is he going to get the opportunity enough behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for Russell Wilson? We'll have to see that one play out. At 168 is Brashad Perryman. And this is pretty much the question, oh, somebody has to catch the ball in Detroit, right? Well, we don't have Kenny Galladay. He's gone. Marvin Jones gone. Danny Amendola gone. We've talked about a lot about this. Tyrell Williams also in the mix, but they also have Eamon Ra. St. Brown, the rookie from USC. He's more of a slot receiver. But Perryman, we know he was a super sub there for the Buccaneers when uh, both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were hamstrung at the end of the 2019 season. Last year, we had a lot of high hopes when he was with the Jets. He didn't stay healthy, however. He had a few decent games, but nothing there. First-round pick, formerly of the Ravens. So, again, uh, returns where Brett Perryman, his dad played in New Orleans, or in Detroit as well. So he's in Detroit. And you look at Anthony Lynn, this offense here, with uh, 
Jared Goff, what do you get? And Perriman's worth a flyer here. I mean, they have to throw to someone. There's a lot of vacated targets. And again, a lot of that to, makes TJ Hawkinson a tight end appealing. DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. But someone's going to have to have a key impact. Amon Ross St. Brown learning his way. He's a rookie. Perriman, at least as a veteran uh, journeyman at this point, who's uh, had some fantasy success. So not bad here as an older player that you can stash at uh, wide receiver 65, 168 overall. Number 169, we're getting close to finishing out the QB2s, is Ben Roethlisberger. Just not a lot of buzz about Ben Roethlisberger, but the weapons are pretty good. You can't deny that. With uh, Chase Claypool adding to the mix with Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Pat Freermuth, you got an all-around back now to help Najee Harris, but I think it's going to be a running game defense team, so Roethlisberger really off the QB1, even borderline radar at this point. His arm looked shot last year, no interest in him at all. The next guy we mentioned a little bit when we broke down Sterling Shepard earlier in the show, Darius Slayton. Pretty good spot here at 170. Not a bad value pick. Again, Slayton and Jones seem to have a little bit of chemistry. He would be the best candidate to play consistently in the outside opposite Kenny Galladay with Shepard playing the slot. So Slayton can be the big play threat. We've seen him flash in the past with Jones. So I'm going to keep an eye on him. He is much more upside to me than Shepard at this point limited slot possession guy that they're going to have to use in that capacity for Daniel Jones. 171. All these guys are in the tier 10, by the way, of uh, Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings here for half-point PPR. So tier 10, just breaking it down, where there's a supposed drop-off overall, but we're just letting you know that if you're building your board off this list there. And uh, again, we'll put it all in the draft. The draft will look a lot different from what, what we look at with these expert rankings. So we'll break it down for you that way. Paris Campbell is 171. Now, I don't get Paris Campbell being down here or really up here at all. Michael Pittman Jr. has a good skill set to be maybe the big target here, playing off T.Y. Hilton. Will they trade for Julio Jones? That would obviously kill Paris Campbell's value. You also have Zach Pascal. So, Paris Campbell, they have, I think he can make some big plays for them with his speed and quickness. But, again, we have to see him stay healthy, first of all, to even want to take a flyer on him in the top 200 here. All right, we drop into Tier 11 here, and uh, it's led by Sonny Michelle. Again, not interested too much in Sonny Michelle when you have Damian Harris and James White and the rookie to Ramondre Stevenson. Just feeling like Sonny Michelle is being faded out, and I don't see any upside in stashing him at uh, RB56, 172 overall. Al Lazard, he's flashed a little bit here. He's the Packers guy I might look at next, even though they added Amari Rodgers in the draft for right now, Aaron Rodgers still being the quarterback. Alan Lazard uh, certainly flashed. He can play the slot a little bit, play on the outside, good size. Here, playing off Devontae Adams. You just want them to diversify their touchdowns a little bit away from Adams and Robert Tunyon. But Lazard, again, limited, but not a bad stash based on the offense he's in. 174 is interesting here. He's a Gio Barney, Bernard, or Giovanni Bernard, however you want to break it down. Yeah, so this is another Buccaneers back that comes with picture after Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. You still have Keyshawn Vaughn in there. Bernard can catch passes. He's very James Whitey for a Tom Brady situation here. So we'll see how it plays out. He's an RB5 at RB57. But Bernard, again, it just makes you pause a little bit about trying to reach for Fournette or Jones. Just his presence being a pretty good underrated all-around back, but an exceptional receiver there out of the backfield. That could really cut into what Fournette does in that role if he can make the team here and make it a Jones-Fournette-Bernard uh, committee here for this uh, very diversified and deep Buccaneers uh, Super Bowl 
defending offense. 175 is a Gabriel Davis wide receiver, 69 on the board. Some upside with Gabriel Davis would much rather have him than a Cole Beasley. There that was ranked much higher as the upside guy here. I know they added Emmanuel Sanders, and there's a little bit of appeal with him, but Davis is ranked ahead of Sanders, uh, looking a little bit ahead. 181 is Sanders, so he's actually the next wide receiver on the board. So trying to decide between Davis and Sanders who will have the bigger impact on this Bills offense. Sanders has bounced around, but he's older. He's had some injuries here the last few years. You have uh, Davis, young with upside, Beasley fading. Someone needs to step up opposite Stephon Diggs in this passing game. So is it Davis? Is it Sanders? Where are we going to find the value? I don't think it's Beasley, but certainly exploring on one of those guys here late here when you're looking at uh, round 15 picks and all that. Not a bad stash on either side, but what do I say? Sanders or Davis? Who's the younger and has got the upside? I'd say it's Davis here. So we avoided talking about kickers. They will lead off and kick off, so to speak. Our last set of uh, 25 players, 176 to 200, will break those down for you. And that, that almost pretty much covers uh, the board you would kind of create for a 12-team, 17-round, almost. I mean, just short of that. Uh, but a lot of those picks are kickers and not uh, position players anyway. So pretty comprehensive. We'll put it all in a mock draft for you here, starting on our third show of the week. So look forward to that here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. We will, uh, again, uh, come back and uh, break down for you the last set there. So hang tight there. We'll give you the complete look at the top 200. We're seven of eight shows in. We'll make it eight for eight here pretty soon. Before we get out of here, I do have to remind you about Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Do the same here for Locked On Fantasy Football. We're on Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts there. iTunes, uh, Stitcher, whatever your platform is, uh, we're there bringing it to you here in the offseason on L-O-F-F. L-O-F-F. For L-O-F-F, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you on our next show as we wrap up our look at the top 200 half-point expert consensus PPR rankings for 2021 in June.